If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Kings chapter 2. That's where we're going to be this morning is 1 Kings chapter 2. In these past couple weeks, we've been talking about how to thrive in the seasons of life that come at us, whether we're ready for them or not. How do we thrive in the mundane seasons, which we talked about a few weeks ago? How do we thrive in the dark seasons of life, which we talked about last week? And hopefully it's been a help to you. This morning, we're going to be heading in a different direction, and we're going to be talking about how we can thrive in the seasons of transition. How do we thrive in the seasons of transition? In the season when things are changing and shifting, when things are topsy and turvy, how do we thrive in those seasons? Because the truth is, we all experience transition. Whether it's big or small, we all experience transition. And transition is simply a a season of life, a moment of life when we uh, experience significant change. This could be anything. This could be a relocation. This could be a new responsibility at your job. This could be uh, a new responsibility in your personal life, a new job, a career change even. This could be the loss of a loved one. This could be joining a church. A transition season could be recognizing something about yourself that needs to change. A transition season is motherhood. It's fatherhood. It's uh, a new marriage a uh, back-to-normal life after the virus. All of these things are seasons of change. And so this is a lot like this fork in the road that I am at this morning. So if you're wondering why we've been having worship here, it's because this is a fork in the road. Right here is a transition point. We can either go uh, left or we can go right. We can go uh, over here, we can go over there. And, and life is like that sometimes. Sometimes you're going to be heading in one direction and then a transition is going to happen. And you're going to be heading, uh, you're going to have to choose a different direction. And this is just, this is just a, a, a point of life that we all live with. The most important question to ask in this season of life when there's a transition is, how do I know which direction to take? How do I know which direction to take? Do I go left or do I go right? Do I stay or do I go? Do I accept that or do I decline it? Do I say I do or do I say I do not? Do I join or do I leave? Do I heal? Do I hold on to? These are all transitions. And how do we navigate these transitions? How do we know which way and which direction to go in life when we're at a Y in the road or fork in the road? How do we make these decisions? Do you just kind of stick your finger up in the air, see which way the wind's blowing and kind of go with that? Or do you, is there something deeper to it? Is there something perhaps that God teaches us through scripture on how to deal with transitions? How do we thrive in the midst of a transition? And we see this, we see this, uh, the answer to this in 1 Kings chapter 2 and chapter 3. So that's where the story of Solomon comes in. Solomon started off as one of the many children of David. So David had lots of sons. Solomon was actually down down the line of the sons of David. He was like 10th in line. So he was nowhere close to being heir to the throne of Israel. Solomon never had to worry about being heir to the throne of Israel. He's 10th in line. It was going to go to the firstborn. Of course, it would never go to him, or so he thought. 
he would never be really in charge of anything, he thought. He was just a 20-year-old, and his dad was getting old, yes, but this is what Solomon fully expected, to just be a part of the royal family, but not have to really do anything, maybe kind of skate by his life. The kingdom would go to the firstborn, except that's not what happened. Before his, his death, David called Solomon to his side and told him something. He said to him, Solomon, God has chosen you to be the next king of Israel. Of all the brothers you have and all the brothers that should come before you, God's chosen you to be the next king of Israel. Tenth in line to be king and 20 years old, Solomon is chosen to be the next king of Israel, effective immediately. This, is, this wasn't going to happen some way, some time down the road. David was telling Solomon, no, 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 you're king like now. Like you're the king right now. I'm on my deathbed. I'm going to pass away. You're going to be the new king effective immediately. You sign in for work. You clock in today once you leave here. And so Solomon, he goes from one minute being this 20-something year old with really no responsibility to the next king of Israel, one of the burgeoning countries, one of the burgeoning empires in the world at this time. You could consider this a big transition. This is a big point. This is a big crossroads that uh, Solomon is at in his life. So what does he do? Because we already know the end of the story. We already know. You've heard of Solomon. We already know that Solomon becomes one of the wisest kings to ever live. We already know that Solomon is one of the greatest kings in world history. So how does he go from being a 20-something-year-old, just kid really, to the wisest man that ever lived. How does, he, how does he manage this transition in such a way? And we see this in 1 Kings chapter 2, starting in verse number 1. Look at this together with me. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. So this is after Solomon gets the news that he is the next king of Israel, the first thing after Solomon gets the news. The first response of Solomon, after he's told that he is the next king, the first response of Solomon is to seek counsel from his father, David. The next king of Israel, the first thing he does is seeks counsel from the previous king of Israel. Solomon had no clue how to govern. And so he received counsel from his father. He could have just winged it, right? He could have just said, you know what? I'm the, I'm the next king. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I want. But that's not what Solomon does. Solomon, his first response is to seek counsel in his season of transition. You know what God is telling us this morning from this story? This is so practical and this is so important for us exactly where we are this morning to seek counsel in the midst of the transition. One of the best things we can do when we're in a season of change, in a season of transition, one of the best things we can do when we're at a crossroads in our life is seek counsel and direction and guidance from the people in our life. 
You see, in the job change, seek counsel before you jump into that. In the relocation, seek counsel. In the As a newlywed, seek counsel. If you've been married for five years, seek counsel. If you've been married for 10 years, seek counsel. As a new parent, seek counsel. As a parent of kids of toddlers, parents of toddlers, seek counsel. As parents of uh, kids who are becoming teenagers, seek counsel counsel in every area of life and in every transition, every crossroads, seek counsel this morning. You know why? You find clarity in counsel. You find clarity in counsel. So it reminds me of um, just a couple of days ago, my wife and I wanted to pan fry a steak. I'm going somewhere with this, believe me. We wanted to pan fry a steak. We'd never done this before. Never, Never really cooked a steak at all. We wanted to pan fry steak, but we didn't know how. I told my wife, I don't know how to cook this steak. What do we do with it? And she said, well, why don't you, um, why don't you look up a couple YouTube's, YouTube videos on it? So that's what I did. Looked up a couple YouTube videos. In fact, I probably looked up and watched half a dozen to a dozen YouTube videos because I wanted to know, how do you pan fry a steak? This is, I mean, I've never done this before. And is it, does it turn out good? I've never done it before. So I looked up probably a half a dozen to a dozen YouTube videos on how to pan fry a steak. And after I watched those videos, I got everything ready and I got the steak. I put it on there exactly the way the videos told me to, the way Gordon Ramsay showed me to. I got all this stuff on there and I'm telling you that steak turned out amazing. That steak was, just, I mean, for the first, I mean, call it beginner's luck maybe, but that steak was it was, it was, it was great steak. Medium rare on the inside, a little bit of pink and red on the inside, nice crust on the outside, nice saltiness on the, I mean, it was amazing. You know, if I hadn't watched those YouTube videos, if I hadn't listened to my wife when she told me you should seek counsel on that steak, if I just winged it, you know, that steak would have turned out like a piece of jerky, right? It would have tasted like a brick after I got done with that thing. But because I sought counsel, you know what God's telling us this morning? Just like that YouTube video when I sought counsel with that steak, if we seek counsel for the transitions and the difficult moments in our life, the moments when we're at a crossroads, we find clarity in that. We find clarity in counsel. Seek counsel from someone who's walked out of what you're walking into. Seek counsel from the people in your life. You see what Proverbs 11 says about this. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 14. He says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, you catch that? In the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Wise counsel does for us what those YouTube videos did for my stake. Wise counsel gives us instruction and perspective to the transitions of life. In the transition, seek counsel from as many people as you can. Seek counsel from someone who's been there before. Seek counsel for someone who's been through what you're going through. Seek counsel from a spiritual leader. Seek counsel from an older married couple that loves each other after all the years and hardship. Seek counsel from parents with kids who are out of the house. Seek counsel from Christians who are faithfully serving God at their church. These are the individuals. These are the people we find clarity in counsel from. Seek counsel from who's walked out of what you're walking into. Seek counsel from someone who can look above what you're looking through. Seek counsel. When Solomon received counsel from his father, David, 
His father David was over 50 years older than Solomon was, and he had 40 years of experience as being king. You see, that's what Solomon understood. He understood that if he was going to be a wise king, he was going to be the wisest man to ever live. He needed, first of all, to seek counsel. This is why counsel from those who are older or who've been there, done that, is so important. They have experience, and from experience, wisdom. The old have foresight because they have hindsight. So, let's look at this. The tendency that a lot of, a lot of us who are younger have is to seek counsel from people the same age, our friends, or people who are in the same stage of life as us. We often seek counsel from, from younger people, if you're younger. We seek counsel from, from uh, people who are, who are going to agree with us, which is why we go to our friends, oftentimes. So, the question is, is this the right step to take when we're in a transition? Do we seek counsel from those who are going through the same thing, who are on the same road, or do we seek counsel from someone who's already passed us? You see, the tendency we have is to seek counsel from those who are younger, but the truth is we often seek advice from those who are younger because we already have our minds made up. We're not looking for someone to give us counsel. We're looking for someone to agree with us. We're looking for, watch this, confirmation, not counsel. It reminds me of this random call I had a couple of weeks ago, a while back. This call I had was from an individual I'd never met before, a random person, called me up. He wanted to talk to a pastor about some of the things he was facing and experiencing in his life. And so I talked about him and he was, he, he mentioned to me on how, this was the big thing that was on his mind, he wanted to leave the marriage that he was in. He told me, pastor, you know what, I just want to, just want to get out of this relationship. And obviously I tried to encourage reconciliation and healing that relationship. And obviously as a pastor, this is the heart of God is to reconcile and to heal the relationship. But he was calling me because he had already had his mind made up. He didn't want to talk about that. He said, no, 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 no. Whenever I bring it up about reconciliation, say, no, 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 I just don't feel like that's what I want to do. I just had this feeling like I just want to end this relationship. And so after that, he'd say that I'd go back to, no, 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 I think we need to reconcile. He'd say, no, 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 I want to get out of this relationship. And in round and round in circles, we went. And I finally realized this person doesn't want to hear my counsel. This person just wants me to agree with him. He's not looking for counsel. He's looking for confirmation. You see, this is, we need to seek counsel in our life not confirmation in the seasons of transition. God's established counselors in our life to help us, to give us perspective, to lead us through and to help us through the seasons of life that are new to us, but not new to them. You see, Solomon, who had become one of the greatest kings of world history, started his career as king by seeking counsel from his father, who was 50 years his senior. This is the first thing he does. But look what happens next. What happens next is even more important than what we just saw. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3 now. We were at 1 Kings chapter 2. Now look at 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse number 5. This is what it says. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart, Solomon responds, to judge thy people that I may discern between good and evil, good and bad. For who is able to judge this 
thy so great a people. So soon after Solomon received counsel from his father, David, he is crowned king officially. He gets his inauguration. He gets his coronation. And after his coronation, Solomon goes to the temple and he worships God at the temple, at the tabernacle. This is like the first thing he does when he becomes king. And that evening, when he's in Gibeon, which is where the tabernacle was at this time, that evening, God comes to Solomon in a dream. And he asks Solomon one of the coolest questions of all the Bible that anybody could be asked. He asks him this question. He essentially he makes this statement. It's not even really a question. He makes this statement to Solomon. He says, ask me anything and I will give it to you. That's what God tells Solomon. He comes to him in a dream and essentially gives him one wish. He essentially tells him, ask me one thing you want in all the world and it's yours. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if God came to you right now today, maybe when you were taking a nap or sometime tonight when you were sleeping, God came to you in a dream and asked you, hey, what do you want? Hey, Luke. Hey, Eric. Hey, John. Hey, Jennifer, what do you want from me? Ask anything and I'll give it to you. You imagine what you'd say. You know what I'd say? You know, I mean, the first thing that would go through my mind, well, you'd say, God, you know what? I want to be a billionaire. I mean, that sounds pretty good, right? I want to be a billionaire. God, you know what? I kind of want to be the next president. How about I be the next president? God, I mean, if God was telling anything you could be want to be, I would be like, you know what? I want a superpower. How about an Iron Man suit? How about an infinity stone? In fact, not even the infinity, how about the infinity gauntlet? How about the ring of power from Frodo? I mean, how about, you'd ask for anything, right? I could ask for anything. But you know what Solomon asks for? Of all the things he could have asked for, Solomon says, God, give me an understanding heart so that I can discern between good and bad. I'm at this transition, God, when I need more than anything is wisdom. Solomon could have asked for anything from God, but he asked for wisdom. Let me encourage you this morning, walk in wisdom. In the transitions, in the crossroads, in the points, in the seasons of your life when you can go one way or the other, walk in wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Walk in wisdom as you're walking through the transition. Constantly ask God for wisdom. God, give me wisdom with this job situation. God, give me wisdom with this relocation. God, give me wisdom with my family during this transition. God, give me wisdom with my marriage during this season of my life. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. More than anything, give me wisdom. What we need more than anything in our life, in this season of transition, and yes, we're all in a season of transition right now, what we need more than anything is wisdom from God. Seek wisdom. You know, one day we were, we were on, uh, not one day, but you can imagine one day that you were walking through, just, just imagine with me, one day you're walking through a hiking trail. And on this hiking trail, you're hiking through private property. You're hiking through private property. And as you're hiking through this private property, just imagine you're hiking through this private property on this hiking trail. And you see, maybe in a cave or in a creek somewhere, you see a treasure chest. And you open this treasure chest. And full inside of this uh, treasure chest, it's full of jewels and diamonds and gold coins and a massive amount of wealth. But it's on private property. So what do you do? You go to the owner of that piece of property 
You sell everything you have. You get as much money collected as you can. You sell everything you have. You go to the owner of that private property and you say to him, here is all my wealth. Here's everything I own. Can I buy your property? Why? Why do you do that? Because you want more than anything to sell everything you have and buy that land because you know there is priceless treasure on that land. You would do anything to purchase that land so you can have that treasure. You would do anything. You would sell all your treasure because there's a greater treasure that you can have. You know what God's saying to us this morning? In every endeavor of your life, seek wisdom. Wisdom is more worth, has more worth than the most precious treasure. Seek wisdom more than anything. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse number 11? For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Instead of asking for wealth, Solomon asked for wisdom. More than anything in our life, more than money, more than a job, more than a relocation, more than a new house, what we need is wisdom. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. More precious than all the gold in this world is wisdom. You know what's interesting about this part of the story? The reason God is granting Solomon a request in the first place the reason, the whole reason this even happens that God is granting wisdom to Solomon, the whole reason God is coming to uh, Solomon in a dream is because Solomon went to the tabernacle to worship. So look at this in verse number four. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon the altar. So in the midst of this great transition, perhaps the greatest transition anybody's gone through, Solomon, in the midst of his life-changing transition, he's being completely uprooted. Solomon goes to the tabernacle to worship. He could have done anything. He could have said to God, look, God, kind of have this whole becoming a new thing, new king thing going on. Don't really have time to go to the tabernacle to worship. Don't really have time. Maybe, maybe when life settles down, I'll go to the tabernacle and I'll worship. That's what he could have said. God, I'm busy with this transition. God, I'm busy at the crossroads here. But instead of that, instead of saying that to God, the first thing he does after becoming a king, the first action he takes is he goes to the temple to worship God. And he doesn't just do some little quickie event at the tabernacle. He goes and he sacrifices a thousand animals to God. That's a good thing Peter didn't exist back in those days. That would have been bad news. But he sacrificed a thousand, that must have taken all day. That must have taken a couple days. And yet he takes time out of his great transition into being king to go to the tabernacle and worship God. In the midst of transition, Solomon went to the tabernacle. What's the point? Stay rooted when you're being uprooted. You see, in the middle of the transition, your life's being uprooted, almost by definition. Through the transition, your life is being uprooted. Something old is being uh, removed and something new is being presented in front of you. In the midst of the transition, stay rooted when your life is being uprooted. 
That's what Solomon had decided. He said, you know what? I, my life is being uprooted right now. There are things going on I have no control over. I'm thrust in this new position. I've just become king. My life is being uprooted. The most important thing I can do in these moments is stay rooted in Jesus Christ, is stay rooted in my faith. You know what you need more than anything in the midst of the transition, the crossroads of your life, more than anything, you need to be stay rooted in Jesus Christ, stay rooted in his word, stay rooted in prayer. Stay rooted in his church. Stay rooted in fellowship with other believers more than anything. And I get it. In the times of transition, this is when we're tempted the most to say, you know what? When things calm down, when things kind of settle down, when things kind of ease down, I will become more rooted in Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. no. Solomon says, in the midst of transition, the wisest man to ever live shows us the transition is the period when we stay rooted the most in Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you this morning. Stay rooted when you're being uprooted. You know, it's when you're on a subway. You know what you do when you're on a subway? When you're on a subway and and you know the thing's going to jerk to a start, you know it's going to shift to a start. It's going to shift everybody. It's going to move everybody back when you're on that subway. It's about to start. You know what you do? You find the closest railing or you find the closest hand grab and you hold on to that hand grab. You grab onto the railing. Why? So that when that subway jerks to a start, you're not falling backwards. When that transition happens, you're rooted. You're planted. You're not shifting. You're sure. You know what God is saying to us this morning? In the midst of the transition, when life is kind of shifting to a start in a new direction, plant your life in Jesus Christ. Root your life in Jesus Christ. Don't allow the shift to shift you because we can hang on to, we can hold on to the one who never shifts in the midst of the transition. We can stay rooted even though our life is becoming uprooted. Do you see that this morning? Do you get a hold of that in your heart this morning that you can stay rooted when life is being uprooted? You can stand sure and stand true when life around us is shifting. When life shifts, you can stay rooted in Jesus Christ. We thrive in the midst of transition by staying planted firmly on Jesus Christ. Let me challenge you this morning, determined to stay planted in Jesus during the seasons of change. Your job may change, stay rooted and planted in Jesus Christ. Your workload may change, but stay rooted to your church. Your finances may transition, but stay planted and rooted in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Solomon could have easily said, you know what? I'm really busy right now. I don't have time for this. Maybe later, God. But instead, he makes it his first priority. Solomon went out of his way to stay rooted in his God. He didn't just go to church in verse 4 and 5. He sacrificed 1,000 animals to God. You may be living through a season of transition right now, but you can stay rooted in Jesus Christ. Now, let me show you why. Let me show you why all of this is so important. Look at verse number 11, 12, and 13. And God said unto him, this is after Solomon is met in a dream by God. God responds. He says to him, because thou has asked this thing for wisdom, and hast not asked for thyself long life, which would have been tempting, neither has asked riches for thyself, which is the first thing I thought of, nor has uh, asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, watch this, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And also, I have given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches 
and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all the days of thy life. You see, after God asked Solomon for anything he wanted, and Solomon responded, told God that he wanted wisdom, God granted him his request. But God did more than that as well. You see, because Solomon asked God to give him wisdom through the transitions and not riches or long life or rate, uh, uh, fame or honor, God told Solomon that in addition to giving him more wisdom than any man before him or any man after him, God would also give him riches and honor and fame. The blessings he received because of the way he handled the transition season were the blessings that made him the wisest man to ever live. Because Solomon asked for wisdom and not other things, God blessed him with the other things. Do you see, some of the greatest treasure, some of God's greatest treasure for you is found in the transition. God's greatest treasure is found in the transition. What God wants to give you, God wants to bless you during the times of transition. If we'll stay faithful to him, if we'll walk in wisdom, if we'll seek counsel, God wants to bless our life in the midst of the transition. And I know that times of transition, it isn't, it, life is scary. Life, life is shaking. Life is, life is shifting. God says, that's the time I want to bless you the most. That's the time I want to do the most work in your family, the most work in your life. That's the time God's greatest treasure is found in the transition. You know, I remember a, a couple years ago, many years ago, I suppose now, it was my wife's birthday. And, and I wanted to do something creative for my wife. And I don't know if I had seen it on YouTube videos or heard other guys do it on Facebook, but I had heard that what you should do on, a, on, a, on a, your wife's birthday for, for kind of a fun little thing was get all the birthday gifts, get like maybe a half a dozen birthday gifts for your wife and hide them all over the house behind doors and cupboards and pantry doors. So that's what I did. I thought I'd get brownie points for it. And so I got all the, all the presents for my wife put them in the pantry, you know, maybe the, my wife's favorite food in the pantry, put one in the bathroom behind the, 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 uh, the bathroom, the bathroom door in the little closet where all of her makeup and all that stuff is at, put one in the, the, the bedroom closet where all the clothes are, put one behind that door, put one behind the door of all the rooms in the house. You know, I, when my wife got home, she said, oh, I say, oh, it's your birthday. I didn't forget. Don't worry. I need you to look around the house and that's where you're going to find all your gifts. She's looking around the house, looking behind all the doors, look behind the pantry door, finds a gift. Look inside the refrigerator door, finds a gift. Look inside the bathroom, makeup, closet door, whatever that thing is, finds a gift. Goes inside the bedroom, closet door with all clothes, finds a gift. God's greatest gifts are behind the doors of transition. God wants to bless your life on the other side of that transition, through that transition, on through the door of transition, God wants to give you his greatest treasures. God wants to bless your family, bless your life. Stay faithful to God during the transition period. Right now, we are all living in a transition period. Let me encourage you this morning, stay rooted in Jesus Christ. When life shifts, you can stay rooted in Jesus Christ. What if God's greatest gifts for your life are behind the door that he has you walking through right now. Seek counsel, seek wisdom, and stay rooted in the transition. That's how we thrive, whether we're ready for it or not.